God bless you, everyone. My name is David Ewan from the Resurrection Center. Our services are Sundays at noon and Bible sessions Wednesday at 7. Our website is resurrectionspringfield.org. You can check us out on social media. Check us out at TRC413 and on YouTube, ResCent Spring, R-E-S-C-E-N-T-S-P-R-I-N-G. We're also on ResurrectionCenterRadio.com and theKRadio.com. Our phone number for also texting is 413-342-0354. We're also on smart devices as well. Um, we will begin with three scriptures to begin our Easter discussion today. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. The scripture reads, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And in John chapter 11, verse 25 through 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And in Romans chapter 8, verse 34, Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Dear Lord, I thank you for the word, and we bless it in Jesus' name. So, why are we here today as we talk about Easter? Well, Easter is the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus from the tomb on the third day after his crucifixion. So, Easter is the fulfilled prophecy of the Messiah, that's Jesus, who would be persecuted, die for our sins, and rise on the third day. So, remembering the res resurrection of Jesus is a way to renew daily hope that we have victory over sin. Let's talk about the week leading up to Easter, okay? And that's called the Holy Week. For example, there's Palm Sunday. That's the day Jesus entered Jerusalem and was celebrated. Then there was the Last Supper where Jesus met with his disciples. Good Friday, uh, this is when Jesus would be crucified on the cross. And of course, Easter is the celebration of his resurrection, which began Christianity. Okay, so what it is, it's an act of remembrance for Easter. So, during his last supper feast, Jesus told his disciples that the bread symbolizes his body that would be broken, and the wine his blood, which would be poured out for the forgiveness of sins. You might have seen in church services, we have communion, and that is in remembrance of what Jesus had told us during the Last Supper. So, the important thing is we have been given a gift. So, Easter is a very significant date within Christianity and is the foundation of the Christian faith. Jesus, the Son of God, fulfilled prophecy and through his death has given the gift of eternal life in heaven to those who believe in his death and resurrection. See, it, invo it involves the belief. Okay, so let's talk about the leading news story that's happening on April 12th, which is uh, 
the Easter holiday um, in the year 2020. So the leading news story you've been hearing all over the news, um, the, the government says it's a tough week with coronavirus, statistically. So the, the word corona, by the way, relates to crown in terms of how it looks under an electron microscope. Well, 2,000 years ago, the same thing happened. It was a tough week for Jesus, and he wore a crown too. It was with thorns. So with Easter, we learned about obedient to prophecy. Uh, it explained Christianity, okay, and this was done at the Last Supper. He was crucified, and he was resurrected on the third day. So that's what, that was the tough week also in 2,000 years ago. So let's talk about what is the real meaning of Easter. In the scripture, John chapter 1, verse 29, as he sees Jesus approaching, John the Baptist announces to the crowd around him, Look, the Lamb of God, meaning the sacrificial Lamb, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He knew that Jesus was the Son of God, the long-awaited Messiah, the one whom God's prophets have promised to save mankind from their sins and to give them a deep, heartfelt relationship with God the Father. The new covenant would be an everlasting covenant. Jesus, our sacrificial lamb, our Savior, our God, our Redeemer, he laid down his life as our sacrificial lamb to pay for our sins. When he rose from the dead three days later, he gave victory over eternal separation from God. That's true death. To all who put their faith and trust in him. That is the new covenant, everlasting life spent with God through faith in all that Jesus Christ has done and continues to do. The meaning of Easter is Jesus Christ's victory over death. His resurrection symbolizes the eternal life that is granted to all who believe in him. The meaning of Easter also symbolizes the complete verification of all that Jesus preached and taught during his three-year ministry. If he had not risen from the dead, if he had merely died and not been resurrected, he would have been considered just another teacher or rabbi. However, his resurrection changed all that and gave final and irrefutable proof that he was really the Son of God and that he had conquered death once and for all. Today, the meaning of Easter for all of Christians is that of honoring and recognizing Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead and his glorious promises of eternal life for all who believe in him. Christians know that Easter is central to our faith. In fact, one of the earliest followers of Jesus declared that without Easter, there is no Christianity. So what exactly does Easter celebrate? That's so important. Hmm. Simply put, Easter is the day when Christians commemorate Jesus' resurrection. See, resurrection, as you may know, is the name given to the process by which one who is dead comes back to life. On Easter, Christians remember that Jesus, who they believe died some 2,000 years ago, rose from the grave and lived again. The Bible explains that Jesus was one with God. And though he was God, he wore human flesh and experienced what we experience. 
But there was one major exception. Jesus lived a completely holy and sinless life. Therefore, when Jesus died, he satisfied God's requirement of perfection. By living a holy life and dying on our behalf, Jesus reversed the consequences of true death. Through this act, Jesus gave humanity a supreme gift sent by God his Father. He lived the perfect life that we humans could not live. Then he died on our behalf. In so doing, he gave his perfect life to us so that we could be reconciled to God and experience life as it was meant to be. God, through the person of Christ, loved us enough to enable humanity to experience a restored relationship with its Creator now and forever. So let's break it down. Let's break it down. What's the deal with Easter? I'm going to talk about three things. Number one, it's the logical explanation of Easter. That's what we're going to be talking about, the logical explanation of Easter. Number two, the Easter Bible story simplified. Okay? Just going to simplify the Easter Bible story so we're all on the same page. And then number three, I'll talk about the Easter story as told in scriptures. Okay, so number one, logical explanation of Easter. Number two, the Easter Bible story simplified. Number three, the Easter story as told in scripture. So, let's do this. Here's an abbreviated logical explanation of what we learned through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number one, God is holy. Humanity is not. That's where sin comes from. Number two, holiness and unholiness cannot coexist. Number three, this opposition causes infinite brokenness in humanity's relationship with God. Sin hurts our communication with God. Number four, because we're incapable of holy living as a result of sin, God must satisfy that requirement on our behalf. That's what Jesus did. Number five, Jesus, who is one with God, lived a holy, sinless life. And number six, Jesus died on our behalf, and by satisfying the requirement of holiness, he reversed the effects of our broken relationship with God, making reconciliation and connection with him possible forever. That's done through the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to tell you about the Easter Bible story. Real simple. It's four parts I'm going to tell you about. The Last Supper is number one. I'm going to talk about the Last Supper. Number two, we'll talk about one of his disciples, Judas, betraying Jesus. Number three, we'll talk about the crucifixion of Jesus. And number four, the resurrection of Jesus, meaning the whole reason of Easter. So let's do number one. Number one, the Last Supper. So as the disciples reclined and ate dinner with Jesus, he explained to them that one of the twelve of them would soon betray him. One by one, the disciples denied that it would be them, including Judas, who would be the betrayer. Jesus responded 
that the person who betrays him will have a terrible fate, and that indeed it was Judas. So Jesus prayed and thanked God for the meal. He then broke the bread and shared the wine with the disciples and explained to them how the bread was a symbol of his body, broken for them, and the wine was a symbol of his blood which would be poured out for their sins to be forgiven. This is where the church's tradition of communion comes from. It's done as an act of remembrance. Okay? Now I talked about Judas. Let's talk about number two. Number two, Judas betrays Jesus. So during the meal of the Last Supper, Jesus predicts that one of you will betray me, referring to Judas. Judas leaves the supper and goes to the Roman authorities who are looking to arrest Jesus. He accepts a bribe of 30 silver and agrees to take them to Jesus. Judas knew that Jesus and the disciples would go to a garden near Jerusalem and led the soldiers there, stating, Whoever it is I kiss, see the Judas is saying this, whoever it is I kiss, he is the one. Take him into custody and lead him away under guard. So, leading the group into the garden, Judas sees Jesus with his disciples and approaches him. Greetings, Rabbi, Judas says, and he kisses Jesus very lightly. Fellow, for what purpose are you present? Jesus responds. And he was basically answering his own question. So Jesus says, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? As the soldiers moved toward Jesus, the apostles recognized what was happening. Lord, should we strike with the sword? They asked. Before Jesus can respond, Peter uses one of the two swords that the apostles have and attacks Malchus, a servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. That's Peter. Peter does that. Jesus caresses the ear of Malchus, healing the wound. He then teaches an important lesson, telling Peter, Return your sword to its place, for all those who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Jesus is willing to be captured, for he explains, How would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must take place this way? This then leads to the trial and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So number three. Now we're going to talk about the crucifixion of Jesus. Jesus had prophesied of his death in Matthew. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of their elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus understood that his life would be required as a sacrifice for the sins of man. He knew that. So Jesus had a crown of thorns thrust on his head and made to carry his cross along the pathway to the hill where he would be crucified. The location of Jesus' crucifixion is known as Calvary. Okay? So the crucifixion of Jesus was a part of God's plan from the very beginning of the birth of Jesus. The sin of mankind would require a sacrifice. The sinless life of Jesus was lived and given so that man could receive salvation and eternal life in heaven. And number four, the resurrection of Jesus. 
So the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the foundation of the Christian faith. Without the resurrection, the belief of God's saving grace through Jesus is destroyed. When Jesus rose from the dead, he confirmed his identity as the Son of God in his work of atonement, redemption, reconciliation, and salvation. The resurrection was a real, literal, physical raising of Jesus' body from the dead. Jesus was arrested and tried and found guilty of claiming to be king. His body was hung on a cross between two thieves. After his death, Jesus' body was wrapped in linen cloths and placed in a tomb with a large stone rolled across the opening. On the third day, um, an early Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and another Mary came to the tomb and found it empty. Sitting on the rolled away stone was an angel of the Lord who told them to not be afraid because Jesus had risen. As the woman left to tell the disciples, Jesus met them and showed them his nail-pierced hands. Okay, now I'm going to tell you the Easter story as told in scriptures. Okay, this is the Easter story told in scriptures. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This is Matthew chapter 21, verse 7 through 9. Matthew chapter 21, verse 7 through 9. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road, and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting. And again, that's Matthew chapter 21, verse 7 through 9. Next, Judas agrees to betray Jesus, and that's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 through 15. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver, and from that moment he sought an opportunity to betray him. And again, that's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 through 15. The next one. The Last Supper. And this is in Matthew chapter 26, verse 18. Matthew chapter 26, verse 18. He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And that's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 18. Now, number four, the next one. The Garden of Gethsemane. This is in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 and 39. So Matthew chapter 26, verse 36 and 39. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And that's in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. And the next one, which is verse 39. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Next, number five. Jesus delivered to Pilate. And this is in Matthew chapter 27, verse 1 through 2. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. And that's in Matthew chapter 27, verse 1 through 2. 
And number six, Jesus' final steps. So I'll first read John chapter 19, verse 6. John chapter 19, verse 6. And then I will read Matthew chapter 27, verse 30 through 31. So that's Matthew chapter 27, verse 30 through 31. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! And that's in John 19, 6. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the rope and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. And that's in Matthew chapter 27, verse 30 through 31. Number seven, the death of Jesus. That's in Mark chapter 15, verse 33. Mark chapter 15, verse 33. And also Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Luke chapter 23, verse 46. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. That's Mark chapter 15, verse 33. And next, then Jesus calling out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And that's in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. And number eight, Jesus is buried. There are two scriptures I'll read. Matthew chapter 27, verse 57 through 59. And also John chapter 19, verse 40 through 41. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud. That's Matthew chapter 27, verse 57 through 59. Now I'll read John chapter 19, verse 40 through 41. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial customs of the Jews. Verse 41. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. And number nine, the resurrection. Number nine. Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 1 through 6. Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 6. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. And that's in Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 6. So let's see where we're at. What have we done? We have just finished talking about, number one, the logical explanation of Easter. Number two, the Easter Bible story simplified. Number three, the Easter story as told in Scripture. So Easter is the annual celebration of Christ's resurrection to life after his crucifixion and death. The day is also called Resurrection Sunday. The word Easter is related to the word East, which naturally points 
us to the sunrise, to new days and new beginnings. That's why what we celebrate today, new beginnings. So, let me close in a closing prayer. We have all sinned and deserve God's judgment. God the Father sent his only Son to satisfy that judgment for those who believe in him. Jesus, the Creator and Eternal Son of God, who lived a sinless life, loves us so much that he died for our sins, taking the punishment that we deserve, was buried, and rose from the dead. According to the Bible, if you truly believe and trust this in your heart, receiving Jesus alone as your Savior, declaring Jesus is Lord, you will be saved from judgment and spend eternity with God in heaven. Amen, amen. So, consider presenting your tithes and offerings online at resurrectionspringfield.org. Our services are Sundays at noon, Bible sessions Wednesday at 7. Our website is resurrectionspringfield.org. On social media, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at TRC413. We're on YouTube at ResCentSpring, R-E-S-C-E-N-T-S-P-R-I-N-G. We're, of course, on radio, ResurrectionCenterRadio.com, and also the KRadio.com, K for Kingdom, the Kingdom Radio. We call it the KRadio.com. And our phone, also for texting, is 413-342-0354. My name is David Ewan, and this is the Resurrection Center.